Well, did you think they were going to get there? Who? Where? Oh, sorry. What was the destination and who were the people travelling? <laughs> the nations of COP28. Uh, I should have been more specific. Very broad. This was yesterday. It came down to the wire, but they did it. They have agreed a deal to uh, transition away from fossil fuels. So still no phase out, I see. Transition away yes, is I the think phrase. That, that was the phrase. That was the compromise. Although, I mean, there's some reports actually that this agreement was passed while the Alliance of Small Island States, which is, you know, the likes of Samoa, Fiji, the Cook Islands, they're actually out of the room when this vote was passed, negotiating their response to it. <laughs> I don't have any words. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Still, though, I mean, apparently climate scientists are very happy with it. They say it marks the official beginning of the end for fossil fuels. And this is also the official beginning of the end of the week. Nice, Jess. (laughs) Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Jess. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. How much more is your Chrissy lunch costing this year compared to last? Infometrics Brad Olson's in to tell us why we might have to skip on the kumara. One Christmas gift you'll want to avoid this year will be a serving of COVID-19. Unfortunately, though, numbers are on the rise. And speaking of COVID, what can contact tracing teach us about the best way to track STIs? And for the penultimate week of the year... It's time for Is It Cake? There are a lot of C's in this episode. We've got Christmas, COVID, contact tracing and cake. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. All right, this next chat could be us shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit because we decided we wanted to know how much more expensive Christmas lunch is going to be this year compared to last year. So, the one, the only, Brad Olson, Principal Economist at Infometrics, has crunched and munched, get it, the numbers, uh, and is here to deliver the news. Brad, always a pleasure. Actually, maybe I should have waited till the end before I made the call on how I feel about how this one's going because... I don't know if I want to know how much more my Christy dinner is costing me. I mean, I might have some good news. And some Ooh. of this some of this depends a little bit on what you do on, on Christmas Day. You know, what are your options? Now, I've got two major uh, sort of food options, if you will. It's a little bit like when you go on the aeroplane and it's the chicken or the, or the beef. <laughs> chicken or the beef. <laughs> uh, I've got for you a roast dinner meal, you know, uh-huh. that, that real sort of old school roast veggies, roast meats and, and what have you. And then I've got the barbecue option. Uh, yes. Okay. People fall into categories, don't they? You're either a roast family or you're a barbie family. Well, it depends on what time of the day, right? If you're doing a lunch, you're probably chucking it on the barbie, but maybe if you're waiting a bit later into the evening, you're doing the roast meal sort of thing. Okay, let's do roast. And Boxing Day BBQs are also a thing as well, so even if you're not having it on Christmas Day, there's a good chance you might be having it the next day. Exactly. Now, Now, to be fair, I mean, the numbers are still not Good. If you look at uh, the barbecue option, for example, that's ever so slightly cheaper, maybe $3 cheaper this year than uh, last year for Christmas. It's not a lot given you're still paying about 326 bucks uh, for Christmas lunch or dinner, however you want to do it, uh, for sort of a slightly larger family. Uh, you get slightly more affordable on the roast meat option, 266 odd bucks to feed feed the Waitafano there. Uh, that's $19 more expensive than last year. Year though, so you're paying slightly more for the uh, roast option, but less overall. Uh, for the barbecue option, you're paying slightly less this year compared to last year, but a lot more overall. So, what are you including in your Barbie lunch? 
Yes, okay, so uh, the, the options here, if you came along to uh, a Brad Olsen Christmas, uh, is... <laughs> Christmas in the Olsons. Uh, firstly, you've got, you got to have a few cheese and crackers to ease into things, remember. You know, that, that's quite important. That doesn't add a huge amount to the cost, uh, but you have seen the likes of cheese camembert prices up uh, a fair bit over the last uh, year or so. That's up uh, around... Uh, Probably it's $5.80 now for a camembert. But more importantly, let's get into the, the big stuff. If you're doing a barbecue, you're doing some steak, you're doing some lamb chops, uh, you're having a bit of salad, some sausies, uh, and of course you've got to have bread and tomato sauce with those sausages. Mm-hmm. Uh, all up, that's costing about 4% less than this time last year. Across the board, you've got most of your barbecue meats are actually a bit cheaper. That's good for us when we're consuming, not quite as good for our farmers who are getting less for their meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomato sauce, though, up around 15% year on year. So that one's a little bit more expensive. Sneaky. Damn. You look at the roast meal rather, that's where things become a little bit more tricky. We've got lamb, which is down. Uh, you've got ham, which is up. Pork, which is up as well. Potatoes, up 10%. Wow. Kumara, uh, you don't want to buy them. They're 225% more expensive than this time last year. <laughs> Holy that, moly. Is, that's, that's weather related, that isn't is, it? That's a cyclone coming through. Wow. Yep. Uh, but even pumpkin, up 79%. Beans, though, the, the green bean, mighty humble green bean, down 12%. Uh, oh, so, the bean! I mean, how many people want to eat green beans for, for Christmas lunch? So, like, that's that's the worst part of it. So overall, that's up 7%. Now let's get on to the good stuff. Potato salad, uh, that's up uh, around 9%. You've got the likes of mayo up a bit, herbs up a bit, bacon up a touch, potato up a touch. But then the best two bits, in my humble opinion, are the pavlova. Uh, now I'm I'm not allowed anywhere near the pavlova in my household anymore because a couple of years back, Mum baked one. I didn't realise it was sitting on the table, and I accidentally sort of put my hand through it. Um, <laughs> you just have to add a lot more whipped cream to it at that point. That's become a lot more expensive. Eggs are fifty seven percent more expensive. Uh, sugars up twenty nine percent. Creams down a touch, down seven. So again, you can put a bit more cream on, or it's actually cost effective. I think that's how it works. <laughs> Brad's put his hand through the pav <laughs> again. Uh, but your fruit on top, if you're putting kiwi fruit on, seventeen percent more expensive. Straws are up about eleven percent. But here's the most important one: my grandmother's figgy pudding. Ah. Uh, now I got this out of uh, my grandmother. Christine, uh, she gave it to me last year. You're seeing 7% less for the good old Christmas figgy pudding this year. You've got to look mm. at how much you're eating because it can be a, it can be a bad thing unless you're looking for leftovers afterwards. How do you feel though on day 19, Emma, when you're starting to have ham curries okay, and just I, like ham? I've, I've never had a ham curry either. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, I, I wanted to ask you, now what you, your favourite meal was, but I'm not sure I want to ask you came with ham curry. Come on, that could be yum. You know what? I'm going to call it now. Brad Olsen, always a pleasure. I will admit that today has been tough, but it's still great to have you here. I'm just looking forward to some Christmas lunch now. Mm. Now, even after we stopped recording, Brad Olsen would not stop giving me crap about that ham curry suggestion. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure. Thing. I'm still alarmed at the idea of it. Never be more shocked about something that's been uttered from your lips. Well, if anyone wants to come to my aid on this, please do send me your ham curry recipes because I'm really hoping they're out there. Everyone I've talked to so far is denying it's a thing. But anyway, you can send your recipes, your hot takes, whatever you want to talk about to newsable at stuff.co.nz. You're asking that as if someone's got like a family ham curry recipe. Passed down from generations. Will you take that if we can find that? Will that be vindication? No. Emma, I think it's a. Uh, it's time we talked about the c word. 
I'm going to hope you're trying to worry me for effect here and you're not actually about to drop the C word. Oh, you know me too well. That's a shame. Yes, okay, so today's C word, it's, it's still quite offensive though, it's called COVID-19. Ah, that old thing. I had a nice mm. little week off with our friend COVID-19 about a month or so ago. Oh, actually, you know, it's funny you say that because we're in the middle of a little pre-Chrissy COVID wave and I have a working theory that you are possibly patient zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to help me test that theory, or actually maybe provide some of his own much better researched ones, is uh, the COVID modeler and mathematics professor at University of Canterbury, Michael Plank. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Kia ora, no problem. Now, pre-Christmas COVID wave, they've happened before. I think there was one last year as well. Compared to the other waves we've had, does every wave kind of get smaller? How big is this one? Um, they, they have been getting smaller over time. And um, it, it's been a pretty quiet um, year, actually, on the COVID front compared to the year before. In particular, you know, it stayed pretty low levels throughout winter, which was a pleasant surprise. You know, um, I think we, we, there was a risk that we were going to see a significant winter wave of COVID, which which didn't really happen. Yeah, we are starting to see numbers heading up again now at the moment, unfortunately. Um, and it's probably the Christmas party season and um, all that um, mixing and uh, and large gatherings that goes on at this time of year is, is, is probably playing a role in, in contributing to that, um, I think, as well. With all its different mutations, do we know how severe the virus is at the moment? Are people still being hospitalised with it? People are still being hospitalised. I mean, it's predominantly in those older age groups and also, you know, people who aren't um, vaccinated or, you know, haven't had that booster for a long time. Yeah, I mean, hospital admissions are at the highest levels um, since January at the moment. So, yeah, it is still causing severe illness in a small minority of cases. The risk um, is, is comparable to flu, really, in terms of the severity uh, for infection. You know, flu. I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay flu here. Flu causes mm. a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of hospital admissions and a lot of deaths as well. And and COVID is is no different. I think the the main difference with COVID is we're seeing it year round um, rather than flu, which is primarily a winter virus. Excellent stuff. That's Professor Michael Plank there, who we caught while he was out and about. Oh, lovely little bird noises in the background too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lovely little park I'm in here, yeah. <laughs> Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to the Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful Chris Reid. Hello, everyone. Each week, we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round, and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential, even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different. We're about to hear about a plan to use COVID-style contact tracing to help New Zealand lower its rate of STIs, which, as you're about to learn, are sky high. First, though, if you are enjoying what you're hearing and you never want to be out of contact with us... Hey! <laughs> Make sure you give us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. No QR code needed. Now, speaking of COVID... Mm. Remember that COVID tracing app? How could I forget? It was all scan, 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 ping, ping, ping. You've been in or around a location where someone's just tested positive for COVID. Fun times. Well, let's be honest, it was far better than that alternative, the initial thing we had to do, which was writing your name, your email, your cell phone number down on a piece of paper. But 
A group of medical professionals reckon a similar contact tracing effort is needed for tracking STIs, or sexually transmitted infections. So 12 experts who work in this area were surveyed about it. And yes, that I mean, it's not a huge number, but they also know a heck of a lot more about this stuff than we do. So here to talk about this contract tracing idea for STIs is Katrina Murray, who led the study. Kia ora, Katrina. Thanks so much for coming in. Kia ora. It's good to talk. So COVID was, you know, a little bit of a big public health issue on a colossal scale. It justified the sort of mass tracking. But how big are problems when it comes to STIs in New Zealand? So in New Zealand, we've got high rates of the STIs, chlamydia, gonorrhea and syphilis. And contact tracing is a really important method of reducing transmission of these infections. So do we not quite understand how big of a problem this is? I think we, we do know about it. It's just that we haven't been able to bring the rates down in New Zealand. How do we keep track of STIs now if someone was to find out that they had one of those diseases you're talking about? Well, um, you need to go see your GP and they will provide you with treatment for your STI. So all of chlamydia, gonorrhea and syphilis can all easily be treated with antibiotics. But um, an important part of that is then to do the contact tracing, which at the moment is done through your GP. So your GP would actually call people for you or do you have to do that bit? So actually, you've got the option. So you can contact the people. So you're supposed to go back three months so that everyone that you've had sex with in the last three months should be informed that they need to go and get tested. And you can do that yourself um, with support from your GP or um, your GP could contact those people for you. So then what sort of difference would a completely dedicated contact tracing scheme have here? Well, studies in New Zealand have shown that this contact tracing for STIs is incomplete. It's not done very well because it also requires a further phone call or contact a week later to make sure that the treatment has been taken and those partners have been informed. So we're not so good at doing that bit. Um, So if we had a more organised, centralised system, that would be really good. But actually, although the concept of contact tracing is relatively simple, in practice, there are complications because because of the implications of what an STI diagnosis has for people. Would it also take a bit of the stigma out of it as well? Maybe if it was just an alert on your phone, people wouldn't have to tell the GP how many people they necessarily slept with in the last three months. And that's also relying on your memory, I guess. Uh, if, If it was all done via our phones without us having to do too much, does that kind of take some of the shame out of it maybe? It could do. Any intervention that could um, reduce the stigma of it would be great. Um, What we're talking about with a centralised system could be that we can use these digital technologies that were developed during COVID, but it would also require some people as well. We think it would be useful to have people who can support maybe local providers to do their contact tracing and also to provide some training around this. So just to clarify, we're not talking about having a QR code on your bedroom door, are we? How how do you see this contact tracing work in theory? No, it would have to be established when you go and see your, um, when you go and get your treatment. If we had this contact tracing idea in place, what sort of a difference do you see it making? We would hopefully be able to test more people who are at higher risk for the infection so that then we can treat more people and reduce this burden of disease. We have got these high rates higher than um, for chlamydia and gonorrhea, higher than in Australia and England. Um, And also we've got cases of congenital syphilis, that's babies being born with syphilis. It's really, really important that people um, get tested. It's a really simple test. So it can be a swab that you can do yourself or a urine sample, and that'll test for chlamydia and gonorrhea. If you want syphilis, that'll be a blood test. 
Katrina Murray, thank you so much for your time. A pleasure. Thank you. It's the penultimate. The penultimate week of Is It Cake before Chrissy. Chrissy Cake. That means next week your Is It Cake has to definitely be Chrissy thing. I can do that. I can do that easily. So this week is not. What are we? What's our theme this week? This week is definitely not Chrissy themed. All right. So this week's two Is It Cake headlines. Where I'm going to read two headlines out. I have made one up, mm. and the other one is real. I'm trying to make the made up one sound as real, or find a real one that's so ridiculous, right? Okay, that it can't possibly be real. <laughs> Bear steals snowboard, goes on joyride at US Ski Resort. Oh, that's lovely. I hope that's real. Headline number two. Scientists create VR headset for mice to simulate bird attacks. That one's weird. That one's that 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 one is weird. And we chucked the two headlines out uh, via this the wider stuff network. And I will tell you, we put a poll up, 67% of those who voted in this stuff poll believe the bear stealing the snowboard is the real headline. Okay. So it's only 33% think that the mice have been wearing VR headsets and been torturously made to feel what it's like to be attacked by a bear. How tiny is this VR headset? That's what you've got to ask. Mm. But I mean, that's pretty weird. I just don't know if that's come out of your brain or not. Tiny little mice with tiny little headsets. Teeny tiny little things. How would you make such a teeny tiny device with teeny tiny tweezers? <laughs> like everything's surely teeny tiny. Okay. What's your guess? What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of the, the same logic you used last week. Which one's weird enough to come out of your head? And I think I think you'd love a beer on a snowboard too much. <laughs> I think that idea would have tickled you and that's where that's come from. So does that mean that mice are being made to wear VR headsets? Yes! This is Sky News. They're technology reporter as well. Scientists make VR goggles for mice so they can feel what it's like to be attacked by a bird. This sounds like animal cruelty. Researchers have developed these bitty bodies, VR gogs, uh, to simulate a life of freedom. It gets worse as you go down. Oh, this is is grim. And this article even says, no, it is not April 1st. These virtual reality specs have really been custom built to perfectly fit a mouse. Upon noticing the bird of prey, they either ran faster on the treadmill or froze. Fight or flight. There you go. There you go. That's science for you. I don't know how I feel about it. Neither. I feel really bad for these mice. I mean, I don't. Mice don't have that good a life anyway. I can't imagine science mice have the worst lives of all. And now we're going to make them them feel like they're being attacked by fake birds. And making them run on a treadmill. Good motivation to run on a treadmill. I wonder what would chase me to get me to run on a treadmill. Probably me. All right, I'm going to chase us out of here. How's that? That is newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. I'm Jessica McGarvey. Have a great weekend. Watch out for birds and don't put any more VR goggles on mice. And don't put ham in a curry. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support.